Hey there, welcome back. Okay, today we're going to talk about something that I think is going to be pretty unpopular. <laughs> so I'm seeing so many people say this because of the winter storm that we just had. Um, and I disagree somewhat, but I want to tell you kind of what my, it's a conditional disagreement, <laughs> I guess you would say. Um, but that is whether or not to clean up your garden yet or not. So this is kind of a new thing. I, I've heard a lot of people just start talking about this within the last several years, but that is don't clean up your garden beds just yet. <laughs> and I think about, um, you know, whatever they, all the, the dietitians or the, the diet experts or whatever they say, oh, don't eat eggs because they're bad for you. And then a decade later, they'll say, oh, you need to eat, eat eggs. They're good for you. And then a decade later, oh, don't eat eggs. They're good for you. <laughs> so it's kind of like going back and forth. Well, um, I think that it just depends. It really just depends. And that's what we're going to talk about today. By the way, if you're new here, then welcome to the Edible Gardens podcast. I'm your host, Nanette Blair, and I'm so glad you found us because what we do here is help people create edible and beautiful landscapes that are way better than organic because I'm on a mission. My mission is to make good food accessible to everyone. And in my opinion, the best definition of good food is nutritious, delicious, and safe. And it doesn't get any better than picking your own fresh fruit, herbs, veggies straight off the plant where you know what went into it from start to finish. And you won't find any tomato cages here. As a matter of fact, there's a lot you won't find here including pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, or any of the other sites. But what you will find here are landscapes that are designed for beauty, reflection, fun, entertaining, and the list goes under whatever you want. Because it's your home, your yard, and your taste, and beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. Okay, you know that garden you've been thinking about? Well, I know you're ready. I know I'm ready. So let's dig in. I guess really what got me thinking about this is, I can't believe it's already March. <laughs> We're well into March already. Oh man, so my last frost date is about the end of March, beginning of April. It's kind of a moving target around April the 4th. So for me, in my mind, I just kind of call it April Fool's Day. That's what I think of. Well, I'm going to have a lot to do. So with this whole winter storm that we just had, I'm replanting a lot of the seeds I had in the greenhouse. I'm um, having to th toss out, <laughs> I'm not tossing out the soil, but I am tossing out some plants that I did dig up and did some root division. I did a lot of oregano and I did a lot of salvia because I wanted to make more plants. Well, they all died because they're in containers and they just didn't have the protection of the ground or the earth to as an insulation layer. So I'm starting all over with some things that I really didn't expect to start over with. I didn't know we were going to be below seven degrees, seven degrees below zero, <laughs> negative seven degrees. Oh my gosh. I still can't believe that happened. It's almost like a bad dream. <laughs> But, uh, and as I said, you know, we were, in, we were having the blackouts and there was a lot of stuff that I had put in the bunkhouse, a little guest house that we have. We didn't have any power. We didn't have any water. I couldn't keep the seedlings alive and I couldn't, I just gave up. I had to buy a new lemon tree, a new lime tree, a new avocado tree, everything. <laughs> so I'm running out of time. I feel like, uh, I just have a lot to do. Well, 
this is what I keep seeing a lot of people saying in these gardening forums over and over and over again is don't clean up your garden beds yet. And I get why they're saying it. Okay, so let's just talk about that. There are a lot of insects and bees, beetles and spiders and all kinds of really good guys in the garden, beneficial insects. And a lot of times they will nest or they'll, they'll go to dormant, they'll go to sleep, they'll crawl inside one of these. If you've ever seen like a, um, something that's been cut off, like a plant that's been cut off, it has kind of a pithy inside. It almost looks like a straw. And they'll crawl in there and then they'll just kind of go into hibernation or they'll just kind of find the soft place to just spend the winter. And so, as for me, I don't really think it makes that much of a difference. I do have a lot of sticky material out there right now that died because of this winter storm. And this is the thing. So many people are saying, don't go out. Don't be tempted to just go out there and cut a bunch of stuff back. But I'm thinking, I don't know if I have time for that to wait <laughs> because I've got to get a lot of stuff in the ground. I'm growing a lot of stuff from seed. I bought an, a lot of new bulbs. I bought a lot of ornamental stuff that I really want to get into the ground. And again, a lot of this ornamental stuff is going to be for the pollinators. But I am seeing a ton of insect activity out of my gardens right now. And actually, it wasn't very long. A few days after that snow thawed, everything thawed, I started seeing insects like right away. They're all over the dandelions. And we have woods. We have a hedgerow on the east side of us. We have a hedgerow on the west side of us. And we have woods in the back part of our property. So I'm really not worried about whether or not I clean up my gardens yet or not. I'm really not. I'm not worried about it at all. But now I can understand if if someone is living like in a city lot and block and they are not sure whether or not, uh, I mean, if you're doing that, I think you have bigger problems. I really do. Because you don't know if your neighbors all the way around you, north, east, southwest, are bringing in someone like a true green or some kind of lawn care company where they're spraying pesticides, where they're spraying fungicides, where they're spraying herbicides, all the sides, right? Well, you don't have very much control about what's going on all the way around you, like a 360 all the way around you. You really don't have any control over that, but you do have control over your own yard. I know I've talked about this before where there's someone that I know that their father lives in a very posh neighborhood in in the Dallas area. I want to say Turtle Creek. If you're familiar with that area, you know, it's like, I don't know where Jerry Jones lives, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. One of the problems that they have is that they have to hand pollinate their tomatoes. They grow tomatoes in containers. They have to hand pollinate because everybody around there sprays and they're just kind of screwed. <laughs> they really are. Unless you're building habitats and things like that. Now, Jerry Jones probably lives on acres and acres in the middle of that. I've actually driven by his house. Yeah, he lives behind like some big castle wall. Anyway, in some castle in <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Um, but I mean, if you've got woods like I do, there there's plenty of places for these insects to winter over. So that is my being defensive, I guess. Everybody's talking about don't clean up your gardens just yet. 
Well, I'm really not worried about it because we just have so many pollinators. We have so many beneficial insects and it did not kill them off. This Snowvid 2021 that we just had or the Snowmageddon that we just had. It's it, everything's back to normal. As far as the balance of nature, I've been seeing ladybugs. I've been seeing spiders. I've been seeing, um, oh gosh, I think somebody even said they saw a mosquito here in my town on one of our Facebook forums. Yeah, I'm just really not worried about that part of it. But what I am worried about is getting everything uh, ready to where the plant's going to take off and do really well. It's not going to do really well with all this basically freezer burn on top of it. That's what it is. I need to get off that old unhealthy plant material off of my plants and I need to let the healthy part, the good leaves are coming in from underneath the bottoms. I need for those to you know, for the plant to be putting energy from the photosynthesis or accumulating nutrients, whatever it's doing, all the things that it does, I need for it to go into the new good material, plant material. And I really believe that that old plant material that's, that's dead and gone, it's dead, it needs to be gone. (laughs) That's the way I feel. Um, But you know, things like, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, you know, like my onions and my garlic. So what happened with the onions and the garlic? It was like somebody threw it in the freezer, which is exactly pretty much what happened. And those, that, those leaves just kind of turned into like onion paper. Literally, I guess, turned into onion paper. And it's just, it, it got all wilty and kind of mushy and I didn't take it off. I didn't do anything with it. I've just been kind of waiting and watching to see what happened now it's just kind of dried up, but then the green growth is coming up underneath it and they seem to be fine. And I'm not worried about those. So it's just certain plants. They need to be released from the bad plant material. Now, here's one of the reasons why when you have a good, robust plant, I've seen this over and over and over and over again, Uh, then it can fight off a lot of pests and diseases, no problem. It's like, you know, they just bounce off of the plant. If If the plant is good and healthy, it's just like, you don't bother me. You know, don't bother me. (laughs) But they have these built-in defenses that they're, they're volatile oils that they have in the plant. They have a really robust way of being able to protect themselves. Just think of someone who's really healthy, that's always going to the gym, that's always eating right, that drinks plenty of water, that gets plenty of sleep, that's not stressed out all the time, talking about a person now, and something comes along and they get a cold or they're exposed to someone that has the flu or whatever. Those people can just bounce right back because they're healthy. That's what happens with the plants. If the plant is just kind of dragging around dead weight it's not good. I just pulled out a kale plant because it's kind of, it was kind of fried all over. There were some good parts to it. And I thought, you know what, this is just a vector for pest and disease. I'm pulling that plant out. Um, I have a couple of rosemary plants and I did just do a YouTube video on this. I took a tour of my edible landscapes and I said, this plant did fine. This plant did not. (laughs) This plant is still questionable. I don't know about my fruit trees, but I went around and I showed what all of these look like. So that's kind of my other reasoning is when 
this snowvid thing happened, I, I don't really like that name. When this weather event that we had, this Texas storm, winter storm that we had, happened and right after it happened and the snow started melting off and we had the big thaw I went around and I looked at everything and I thought I'm not doing anything right now I'm just gonna observe I'm just gonna watch I'm just gonna see you know give it a week or two to see what's going on now some of these things I'm gonna give it a little bit longer like my my fruit trees I'm not doing anything like I'm not cutting things back I'm not pulling things out until I see what I see <laughs> and then so then I'll make that decision but some of the stuff yeah I'm I'm gonna have to cut it back now I think in some of these groups they are saying if it's like looks like it's all mushy like frozen and mushy yeah you can go ahead and cut that part off and I, I thought you know I'm just just making these decisions as I see them <laughs> but I, I just kind of feel like there's a lot of people that are saying oh don't cut anything back don't do anything don't pull anything out and I, I gave you a couple of reasons. I'm going to give you one more. One more reason that I can think of not to cut back a lot of sticky material. Like when I say sticky, I mean not as sticky as like it sticks to your fingers. I'm talking about sticks. Like it's, you just got dead material sticks sticking up out of the ground. It can act as kind of a, a, a layer of protection. It's kind of like you've got on a coat. And if you've got dead plant material leaning over other other live plant material, then it kind of acts like kind of a lean-to, kind of a tent. If we get any kind of another snow or a frost or a freeze. So like I said, my last frost date is around the end of March, beginning of April. And from there, really about the end of March, it just depends on what the odds are. Like, how much am I risk averse to planting some seeds straight into the ground? You know, maybe I'm going to do some succession planting starting the week of, of April 1st. And then I'll do another succession planting of, of that same thing like the next week. And then another succession planting the next week. And that kind of hedges my bets a little bit when it comes to how risk averse I am <laughs> and how many seeds I have. But when it comes to being able to put stuff in the ground without worrying about whether or not it's going to have any chance of getting frosted or frozen or anything like that, that's just really up to the individual. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so I can see that's one more reason that I can think of is that dead plant material that's sitting on top of your live plant material. It needs to go. It just depends on you and when you have time to do it. I personally, I'm 50, how old am I? I think I'm 57 years old. I don't want to spend two straight days, and I really think that's what's going to take, two straight days of Standing and squatting, standing and squatting, standing and squatting, standing and squatting. Oh, my legs. I probably should do that, but I don't want to spend two straight days doing that. It's going to really kill my back. It's going to kill my legs. I won't be able to move uh, three days after that. But uh, so I'm going to kind of spread it out. I'm going to start doing it a little bit at a time. I'll maybe work on one plant a day until I get it done. And that is really a lot of it's my oregano, my catnip, the lemongrass. Um, what else can I think of? Just a lot of little, I don't know, a lot of little things that I see. Oh, the the uh, Shasta daisies are going to need a little bit of cleaning up. Um, and I'm so happy that they made it. That's one of my favorite 
plants. They're so, when I see those and they're in bloom, they just make me so happy. There's just going to be like just a lot of stuff that I need to just kind of clean up and kind of fuss over. And I just don't want to have to do that all at one time. And that's me being selfish. <laughs> Somebody could say, oh my gosh, you're going to kill all the little uh, beneficial insects that might be in there. Well, if you have a patch of oregano, you know there's plenty of room down underneath that oregano. The, I guarantee you that's where the spiders and the bugs and the beetles and the, the ladybugs and the whatever. The bees are, are, are fighting for space down there. It's like Sherwood Forest. It's so dense. It's so thick on a micro level. Not microscopic, but on a micro level. It's so thick and so dense in there. There is nothing wrong. I mean, there, I don't see why they would even be up top. It's a ground cover and it's a real thick ground cover until the weather warms up and then they just start sprouting up and then they just put off all this new growth and it's really just kind of like a sub shrub. And then when it very gets cold again, it's all going to lay back down. So I probably am going to be doing some root division, which I'm going to be pulling some of that uh, oregano out of the ground, some of my salvia out of the ground, and I'm going to be making a whole lot of new plants with it. That would probably be the only place that um, any of those beneficial insects would be at risk. But you know what? It's survival of the fittest. It really is. And that's not my rules. That's nature's rules. It's survival of the fittest around here. And, you know, if I pull some up, then they're just going to go into a container. So, but um, yeah, I mean, I have just got plenty of beneficial insects. I'm just not worried about it. So, yeah, that's my plan. So if anybody is uh, really telling you, oh, don't pull anything out of the ground, this is really just, I, I kind of figured all this out on my own because I either didn't have time to get to it or I was lazy or something was going on in my life where the garden didn't get cleaned up until the spring. Like a lot of people will go clean up their garden in the fall. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I don't. But you know what? It's I don't let a bunch of people from a Facebook group or a gardening forum or anybody really tell me, oh, you can't go clean that up yet because it's not good for the pollinators and the beneficial insects. I'm just like, you know what? I don't spray anything here. No pesticides, no herbicides, no fungicides, except for... Like I've said before, around the fire pit, no fire ants are allowed there. <laughs> and I'm having a love bug problem right now. We call it the cabana. And I said, we need to change the name of that to the love shack. But I am going to have to use some neem oil or some diatomaceous earth around there because one of them got in our well pump, not the well pump, the, uh, the transfer case or... I don't know. It's what makes it the, the, the pressure tank click on. And one of those little love bugs, which they don't have very much in the way of predators whatsoever. I've done a lot of research on this. They're real acidic and the birds don't like to eat them. They don't really have much of a natural predator. And they've, they've really gotten out of control. We've got a chinaberry tree around that, the cabana or the pump house, the well pump house. And uh, they've just kind of taken over and uh, they're just kind of out of control. So yeah, I'm going to be, I am going to be using some neem oil or something like that. I really hate to do that because, but they're just, they're just out of control. Um, they don't hurt anything. They don't bite anybody. They don't do anything. They just, 
they just mate. That's why they call them love bugs. They just mate and reproduce and mate and reproduce and mate and reproduce over and over and over and over and over. But it's getting to the point where they're just out of control. And that's where we like to have our barbecues. And that's where we like to eat. They're not doing anything out of my gardens. They're not being beneficial. They're not really a nuisance in that, except in my gardens or anything like that. They're just a nuisance because they, they crawl up on your leg whenever you're just sitting there eating a burger. <laughs> or they're just all over everything. They're getting in the well transfer fuse thingy that the electronic part that, that made our well quit working. So we had to get, find, figure out what that was. Oh my gosh, that was just kind of a pain. But anyway, I'm sorry about my little love bug rant, but um, they love China berry trees. And there's a China berry tree right there. And they're just all over it. I don't mind. I don't want to decimate the whole population. I just want to, they just need to just calm down a little bit. But yeah, the, the bugs are everywhere around here. I was kind of hoping that it might kind of kill back some of the mosquito population this year. But you know what? I really haven't had that much of a problem with mosquitoes here. Like in the summer times. Yes, we do have mosquitoes, but it's not like the love bug situation. They're not like out of control. Uh, I really think that we've got a pretty good balance here at Edifal Gardens. There's just a lot of balance and counterbalance, ba balance and counterbalance. Sometimes I'm even afraid my all my ladybugs are going to go away because they don't have a food source of aphids. Uh, we do have a lot of woods and we've got hedgerows all around us and uh, it's really not a problem for me. I'm going to be cleaning up my gardens as I have time. I mean, I'm not going to just wait until the last frost date until they all come out of their their hiding places. I am just not going to do that. Anyway, I just thought I would share that with you. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> all right, so don't forget to go check out the YouTube video where I show all the plants and how they're doing now, what's going on with my babies. And uh, yeah, we've been t uh, talking a lot about seed starting and what's going on in the greenhouse. And I'm probably gonna be doing a lot of propagation videos too here pretty soon. All right, that's going to do it for this one. Now, don't forget, this podcast is dedicated to you so that we can all put good food on the table. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>